0: All right. Uh, uh, Carrie Jr. here reporting for the Detroit Free Press. I am in Marshall, Michigan now, outside of the big Kmart. So, Tara, how long have you been shopping at a Kmart? Um,
1: My mom used to work for Kmart when I was little. So pretty much my whole life, all my life. Oh, wow. And then the only one that was left was here. So we started coming here.
0: They've been closing for some years now. And this one is going to be closing, too. So it'll be gone in a few months.
1: I wish they wouldn't go, but it's called that dirty word, change. Everybody has to do it.
0: Detroit Free Press reporter J.C. Rindle broke the story this week that the former retail giant will close its store in Marshall near Battle Creek by November 21st. And that dirty word, change, change is one of the many things that led to its downfall. But maybe surprisingly for some, it's stirring up feelings for Michiganders who grew up seeing that big red K rushing to that blue light special.
1: Randomly, they would just throw a blue flashing light up and it was a blue light special. And everybody would flock to the area. So I gave up on that because you couldn't get near it.
0: <laughs> or laughing along as it became a bit of pop culture in movies.
2: That's your little secret, right? Yeah.
0: Kmart sucks. Okay. Yeah. I'm Kerry Jr. II, and this week we're talking about the rise and fall of Kmart in Michigan, and the bit of Detroit history that leaves with it.
3: And Kmart grew out of you know Kresge, um, a retailer that was based in Detroit, uh, founded here in 1899.
2: You really can't talk about. Detroit regional commercial history, I think, without mentioning Kresge.
1: I'm very sad. You know, it was like we still got the only Kmart, thank goodness. Mm-hmm. You know, we can still go to Kmart, but it's been disappointing all summer to come here and see, you know, just the decline.
0: This is on the line. So how did you start covering uh, the closings of of malls and and the the Kmart? Part of my beat is retail. That's Free Press business reporter J.C. Rindel.
3: And there is a lot of emotional connection that readers have to to the old shopping malls and to the old brands like Kmart. You know, people grew up shopping there. And so we've been covering those malls as they enter their final chapters.
0: And so can you tell me what's happening with Kmart? Kmart has
3: had a very long and gradual and painful demise. You could say that they've more or less been having a clearance sale since the, the
0: mid-2000s. But before that, Kmart was a pretty big deal. It was
3: one of the first big box retailers. And they, you could go to Kmart, you could get anything there. And in 1962, when you had the first one that opened, um, this was revolutionary. You, you didn't have stores of that size. And Michigan at its peak, there was 134 Kmart's in the state. And I believe they had over 5,000 workers. So this was a giant employer and he had a huge footprint across the state. You, you didn't have Walmarts and, and Targets and, and Meyer like you like you do now, way back then. and over time, you know, it just was no longer as, as innovative a, a, as what it was. You know, same with Sears and, and those big department stores.
0: And, and how did Kmart get to start? What was, what was the beginning, the origins of Kmart?
3: And Kmart grew out of, you know, Kresge, um, a retailer that was based in Detroit, uh, founded here in 1899. And they had these Kresge stores that were ubiquitous uh, in Detroit and across the region.
2: So if you walk into a Kresge's, they traditionally had uh, a a red awning or a red um, sign out front with gold lettering. It said Kresge with five and ten cent store, or maybe it would just say nothing over ten cents.
0: That's Bill Pringle, an assistant curator at the Detroit Historical Society.
2: But that red awning and gold lettering was pretty iconic. That red is likely why that big Kmart K was read, if I had to guess.
0: Bill is speaking with on-the-line producer Dyson Moran about just how far back Kmart goes in Michigan, all the way back to the 1800s when Kmart's predecessor opened in Detroit.
4: You know, when it comes to Kmart brand, Kresge, how does that become something that you end up researching? Uh,
2: You know, Detroit has a very strong history of retail chains, Um, not necessarily even just chains, but retail stores in general. Um, uh, Of course, everyone's mind tends to go to things like Hudson's, um, but we have a really strong history of other, um, even department stores. And then, of course, there's Kresge, which was the five-and-dime store. Um, So you really can't talk about... Detroit regional commercial history, I think, without mentioning Kresge.
4: What's the starting point?
2: It actually started as a five-and-dime store, a five-and-ten-cent store by Sebastian S. Kresge. Kresge was born in Pennsylvania, um, and he had finished his education there and worked a lot of various odd jobs. He was... Um, I think he worked in a grocery store, a hardware store, uh, a bakery, and he eventually became a traveling salesman.
0: And that's when he started to meet the leaders of some popular five and dime stores.
2: He became a partner with John McCrory, and McCrory had a chain of five and ten stores as well, and they would go on to open one in Detroit, and he was involved in a, a few others around the United States, but he would eventually sell his interest in the other stores and basically gained controlling interest in the Detroit store, which became uh, Kresge & Wilson. Uh, The Wilson was his brother-in-law, Charles Wilson, and that store opened in 1899. That was the the first Kresge store.
4: And now, just really briefly, this idea of five-and-dime stores like, what is that? I mean, I think I remember seeing, um, you know, images in old black and white movies. Um, I think there's like an Audrey Hepburn one where they're playing around in there, right? Um, but uh, what, are, what are these stores?
2: Sure. I, I think maybe the, the easiest way to think of them is sort of like a, a general store that you might even be thinking of in those old movies At the Detroit Historical Museum, my place of work, on the lower level, we have a representation of Kresge and Wilson. With the the red awning and everything, it'll give you a really good representation of what those stores were like at the time.
4: You know, we know it as this well-established brand, but how important was it at the time when it it opened up here?
2: I think because everything was sold at a very affordable price, it became a... um, A reliable spot for people to shop for, you know, whatever it is they might need. They could find multiple different things in the same shop. And that was really important at a time when Detroit was experiencing such tremendous growth.
0: This was a heyday for Detroit industrialization with the auto industry, the stove industry, pharmaceuticals, all that. And Bill told us that meant a lot of migrants coming into the city.
2: And it was important to have A shop where they could reliably buy things that were affordable.
0: And as a result, the Kresge brand grew fast.
2: So I believe by 1912, when the company was incorporated as the SS Kresge Company, it already had 85 stores um, spread out beyond the city. In 1914, the Kresge building on Grand Circus Park opened. Today we know it as the Kales Building. That was a, an Albert Kahn-designed building um, that opened just 15 years after the founding of the company as sort of their big headquarters, a gigantic, beautiful skyscraper right in the heart of downtown. And then it grew so fast that it needed another new building. Uh, in 1930, their headquarters was established um, on Cass Park near the Masonic Temple, So just in those (laughs) 15-year blocks, it shows how massive of a growth they had.
0: Back then, the Kresge brand boomed despite its competition with other five-and-dime stores.
2: Kresge's was very attentive to consumer demand. So in an effort to give consumers the things they were looking for, they said, okay, well, we'll start charging a little bit more. Maybe we'll go as high as a dollar. And I know for a long time, many Kresge's and then Kmart's had uh, lunch counters, um, and that was that was popular as well.
0: After the break, the loss and legacy of a Michigan staple, Kmart.
3: All right, hey Carlos, just a quick idea. How about if I say, "Hey, this is Sean Windsor," and you say, "Hey, this is Carlos Menares, and I'll go, and then we'll go back." You want? You want to try that? Yeah, that sounds good. Okay, you ready? Yep. Hey, this is Sean Windsor, and this is Carlos Menares, and we are the team behind Free Press Sports with Carlos and Sean, where we are going to talk about you guessed it, sports, but lots of other stuff like what, Carlos? Oh, well, we're going to talk about your favorite subject, Sean, food. Um, probably more food arts culture sports tv movies you name it if it's happened in detroit we're going to talk about it and sometimes we're going to have guests in who obviously know a lot more than we do about just about everything but we're going to have some free press journalists to talk about big stories folks from the sports world we're going to be out every thursday you can find this podcast wherever you find your podcasts apple spotify google podcasts we hope
0: you'll join us And we're back. Let's jump right in.
4: That kind of leads us to the, the eventual Kmart then, which is the brand we better know.
0: Curator Bill Pringle and producer Darcy Moran once more.
4: And can you talk a little bit about that, um, how we how we go from Kresi to Kmart?
2: Kmart, the first Kmart store... Opens in 1962 in Garden City, Michigan. Um, And that was really positioned as sort of more of a a big box store. Rather than a a five and dime. But I remember in, gosh, probably even the early 2000s. When a new big box store went up. It was generally a Kmart. It seems to me that it was such a strong pop culture symbol as well. This is kind of goofy but i remember in in beetlejuice there's the scene where he's antagonizing the the people in the house and he goes attention kmart shoppers attention kmart shoppers uh and you know the whole blue blue light special thing so kmart really did become a, a a pop cultural touch point i think
0: beetlejuice wasn't the only movie either you may have recognized that clip from the movie rain man at the top of the show So it's inspired a lot of memories, one way or another.
2: Well, my memory of shopping at Kmart, you walk in through the the automatic doors, and the first thing that strikes me is some, I'll say, harsh fluorescent lighting uh, with a jewelry counter straight ahead. All the way down at the very end was the food court. Uh, with, I believe, the Little Caesars Pizza available, you'll go past your your cosmetics and your shampoos and all that, all the way down to electronics, uh, your your DVDs, your TVs, that sort of thing. And where um, were
4: you in the you personally? Are you in the technology section at the most as a kid? Where where were you hanging? Or the Little Caesars Pizza there?
2: Yes. Well, geez. Let's see. If I was going to Kmart, it was likely in those early days being dragged there by my mom for maybe back to school clothes, uh, or the, you know, whatever odds and ends we needed at the time when we were nearby. It was near my grandparents' house, so occasionally we'd make a trip from there to there. Um, As a teenager, Kmart was sort of my secret spot to find discount video games. and I was really upset when they stopped carrying those. They didn't quite go out of business yet at that point, but they had stopped carrying video games, which sort of for me was the, the nail in my own personal coffin for that one.
3: The problem with Kmart is it did not successfully respond to competition.
0: Free Press reporter J.C. Reindel again.
3: Walmart was their, their main competitor. And, you know, by the 1990s, they were overtaken by Walmart and they never really were able to keep that, 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 that niche going that, that Walmart was able to take over. You had Target came in and, and Kmart, the, the owners at the time, it seems like they didn't really invest in the brand um, like the competitors did. And they lost a lot of shoppers and they had that bankruptcy in 2003,
0: and that was a big deal. You
3: know, Kmart used to be headquartered here in Metro Detroit in Troy. And then after that bankruptcy, you had this, this financier, Eddie Lambert, and he came in, he bought it out of bankruptcy. And he also, you know, he also had, had Sears, he owned Sears, and he decided to combine both of those, those brands together. And the Kmart did move its headquarters, um, you know, outside of Chicago. The entity was making a lot of money those first couple of years. And the reason why it had so much cash on its balance sheet is they were not making the investments in the stores. And but eventually that catches up with you, you know, that the stores you know start looking a little dowdy, you know, a little dated. And if you don't renovate for a couple of decades, that's going to turn off shoppers.
0: What were people's reactions when the first Kmart started closing?
3: People were very sad and nostalgic when the first Kmart's began to close in the two thousands. But, as time went on, it became rather anticlimactic because you've had so many Kmarts that have closed, um you know, throughout Michigan, throughout the country, that in, in recent years, I think people were numb, you know, to the the shock of the closures. Uh, some people, I know with this this recent closing of the last Kmart in Michigan, um, you know, they were surprised there still wasn't an operating Kmart in Michigan,
0: however, it's a little different back in Marshall at the last Michigan Kmart
1: very sad it looks very different um it looks very it's empty there it's not being kept up as much
2: we've been noticing that
4: the last couple months yes
1: that it's just real empty Mm -hmm. and they just don't have a big variety they're not restocking shelves The marshall
3: city manager is concerned about what is going to replace the kmart they're not sure yet uh, they're hoping that another store can go in there. You know, obviously not another Kmart, but something similar to Kmart because they think there is still enough demand, you know, in Marshall to support something like a Kmart. You now, one positive that can be said about these old Kmart's is they tended to have great locations. You know, there's usually a lot of traffic, and that has been good for redeveloping these these former Kmart's. In the meantime, uh, they well, they will probably have to travel to Battle Creek, about 20 minutes away. Or stay in town and shop at Dollar General.
0: Is the, is the brand Kmart? Will that is that going away completely? Are they revamping and changing the name to something K-related? Is it going to be completely disbanded and we'll never hear about K anything ever again?
3: Yeah, that's a big open question about whether the Kmart brand is going to survive, um, at least in name only. We don't know at this point. I believe the busiest Kmart is in all places, you know, the island of Guam. Um, there's been a couple of stories done throughout the years and they just can't keep any inventory on the shelves there. It's like just as crazy how how busy that Kmart is. Um, I would presume that, you know, for the near future, at least they're going to keep the Guam store open. But there are still some Kmarts out there. So we haven't seen the last of this brand.
0: Sadly for now, Michigan residents have. This year, we'll say goodbye to a company with roots even older than the big three automakers.
3: You know, people that, that have been nostalgia for Kmart, they, they think about, you know, going to the store with, you know, maybe mom and dad when they were little and going there as teens. And it, it may be less about what was so great about the stores, and I think just you know, being being young at that point in time that makes them really nostalgic. Um, real sentimental. I think it was more about just thinking back to their, their younger years than how great the stores were.
2: I think it's easy to form an attachment to that especially as a detroit thing i think we as detroiters tend to take special pride in the stuff that started here or in the area um just because you know we detroit has a long history of being you know looked at as being looked down on um and so the the real Stars that come out of Detroit, I think we have, uh, we have a special affinity for.
1: That they will be missed. They've been an institution for a long time. We had them in, I think every city. Hastings had one. Charlotte had one. They're, they will be missed. They will be missed.
2: I think that's part of the, the sadness that these Kmart stores are all closing now, um, because, like I said, it's it's not only a pop cultural thing. It's a, it's a regional thing. It's a, it's a Detroit thing. So it does, it does fill that same spot as something like a, a Verner's or a Little, Little Caesars or a Better Made. I think it, it fills that same sort of, um, that Detroit cultural, you know, box. And so I, I think it, uh, it rests pretty firmly there within that Pantheon.
0: The On The Line team extends a big thank you to Bill Pringle for his time. Also, please make sure to check out our show notes for more on visiting the Detroit Historical Society. We also want to thank free reporter JC Rindle for his reporting and for talking to us. And additionally, thanks to Gina Harrington, Barbara Perkins, Tara Ventura, Holly Jordan, and Terry and Ike Bursley for talking to me in the parking lot of a Kmart. This episode was produced by me and Darcy Moran with help from Tad Davis. Anjanette Delgado and Marianne Struman are our executive producers and Peter Batia is our editor. The music for the show was called Fort Trumbull and was produced by DJ Lost Boy. Thanks for listening and please subscribe, rate us, leave a comment and share the podcast. We really appreciate it. See you next week.